0: Attention patriots, this is the Chrisanne Hall Show. Who's gonna stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd, it's ridiculous, it's unconstitutional, it's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. all. Rise and shine, liberty loving patriots. Welcome to the Chrisanne Hall Daily Journal. Chrisanne Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L dot com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the Chrisanne Hall Daily Journal, where we are endeavoring to bring to you every day, Monday through Thursday, and then again on Saturday, our uh, presentation of the current events in light of truth, constitution, and fact. No fake news here. No uh, pro-Trump, anti-Trump. Spin. We are not in love with politicians here today. We are in love with liberty, and that's what we teach. This is your daily plan. Your daily plan to get uh, consti- your your daily plan to get a constitutional infusion about what is really going on in society today. Thank you, everybody, for your great feedback on our uh show yesterday wow i'm just i'm i'm really excited that you guys are excited about 2019 i'm excited about 2019 can't wait ready the 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 spiritual attacks the slings and arrows they may come but we are going to we're going to keep pounding forward (laughs) not in the communist kind of forward private way but um uh i forgot that word anyway but in the um uh in the progress of liberty and education. Remember, our motto comes from Samuel Adams that no people will tamely surrender their liberties nor be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. But on the contrary, when the people become universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink underneath their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. Now, those of you who are watching our um, show on YouTube, you will see that I have my Ladies of Liberty t-shirt on. You can get it at chrisannhall.com and go to the store. And uh, we have two t-shirts and sweatshirts and leggings all about the Ladies of Liberty. And I chose this t-shirt on purpose today. This is Mercy Otis Warren. And those of you excuse me, who have been listening for a long time, know that Mercy Otis Warren is a female champion of liberty. She is the first American woman historian, the first American woman playwright, the first American woman political advisor. And yes, she did all of this prior to the 19th Amendment. And she did all of this without the aid of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And so that's why I chose my shirt today to encourage you, to educate you, to remember, go and get this shirt so that you can encourage others because we are in the midst of a battle for the history of women in America. Make no mistake, that history is being rewritten. And this month, there is the release of, of the Ruth Bader Ginsburg historical rewrite, uh, the let's make Ruth Bader Ginsburg a heroine of rights and uh, completely deny that any of these things existed ever before Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Let's establish this notorious RGB, uh, persona, and make her some hero, while at the same time, our history books completely deny real her- uh, real heroes uh, in women in history, and we have this complete nonsense going on regarding uh what amazing things and what an amazing person Ruth Bader Ginsburg is. I I, I just want to be sure that we understand Ruth Bader Ginsburg is a political activist. Now, she is welcome to have her own political opinions. But as a Supreme Court justice, she is not allowed to use her political opinions and the Constitution as a tool to uh, renegotiate society and the standards of society. The Constitution and the, uh, well, let me put it this way, the Supreme Court is not a tool to reengineer the society of America, Okay. The Constitution is established to keep us focused on the principles of liberty, to keep us striving for more liberty, which, by the way, is contrary to Ruth Bader Ginsburg's personal standpoint. Because as a society strives for more liberty, what we have to understand is that more liberty means less Government and that is not what Ruth Bader Ginsburg is about. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is a statist who wants the constant, wants the the Supreme Court of the United States to be an oligarchy to lead this statist charge. This this movie we've already covered a little bit of this movie we uh, in a past show we actually played portion of the trailer which is ridiculous what you have is this scene of ruth bader ginsburg attorney uh arguing before a justice on the state level and the justice on the state level says to ruth bader ginsburg according to the script of this movie now i don't know if they've cut this out and if this made it because you've seen these trailers right and and you think, wait a minute! I saw that movie. That that scene was not in that movie, so maybe they cut it out after they realized we've been talking about it and what a ridiculous scene it is. But in this scene, the judge says to Ruth Bader Ginsburg as she is arguing for state forced uh, state forced laws on anti discrimination, and she in the judge says to her, Miss Ginsburg, I guess. Yeah, well, she was married then, you're right. So, uh, Miss Ginsburg, the word woman is not in the Constitution. And then to highlight her brilliance and her constitutional aptitude, allegedly, Ruth Bader Ginsburg quickly quips back, well, neither is the word freedom, Your Honor. <laughs> now, you and I know that the word freedom is in the Bill of Rights, and not only is the word freedom in the Bill of Rights in the 1st Amendment and is not only is the word freedom in that Bill of Rights but the concept of freedom is in the Constitution based on the principles of liberty throughout. Limited government is the Constitution. So apparently the young attorney, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, is completely unaware of what the Bill of Rights actually says and finds herself to be out clevering herself by retorting to the judge that, yeah, maybe women, the word woman is not in the Constitution, but neither is the word freedom. So therefore, you know, we, we see this freedom, but we don't, it's not in the Constitution. We see women, they're not in the Constitution. So obviously, as freedom is covered in the Constitution, then women must be covered in the Constitution. But see, here's the thing. The more intelligent answer should have been, well, neither is the word men, Your Honor. Because in spite of what the radical feminists want you to believe, the Constitution is not gender-oriented. The word man is not in the Constitution. The word people is in the Constitution. The word woman is not in the Constitution, but neither is the word man. So are we to assume because the Constitution omits the word man under Ruth Bader Ginsburg's uh, uh, logic that since the Constitution eliminates the word man that men are not covered under the Constitution either and we need to make sure that we have uh, laws in place to force people to, to treat men in the, in, the, in the eyes of liberty to force private individuals. See, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's ideology is not about government not treating people poorly. Ruth Bader Ginsburg's Uh, ideology is about government forcing people into a singular ideology and of course that ideology is hers and so that's what this whole movie is about it is about radical feminists rewriting history rewriting this this understanding this persona of Ruth Bader Ginsburg to raise up a new generation of women. It's all about reaching the young people, the high school, middle school, college women who will be going to this movie because we're highlighting a heroine of society, right? Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And it's all about taking her activist ideology from the bench and putting it into Hollywood. Um, she, she is a radical political advocate for equal rights amendment. And uh, we're going to show you how her ideology is actually uh, unconstitutional and counter to the Constitution. And now there's there's a you're going to see lots of this going on. She's actually written a book that will help us understand what it is that she believes. Now, when we come back from this break, we're going to get into uh, line by line from her book, what it is exactly that Ruth Bader Ginsburg believes. And I want you to see that this is not constitutional. We will be highlighting an article, maybe, maybe a couple of articles with this show. You know, I always send out a highlight article um, that goes along with the show or the liberty lesson of the day. And I'm going to be sending out the article, The um, Oligarchy of Thieves which shows how the Constitution has become an oligarchy used by the government to steal from the people. And I'm also going to, if I have time today, I'm also going to uh, republish an article that I had published prior about how Ruth Bader Ginsburg ought to be impeached. She should have been impeached, impeached. She believes that international law ought to be a deciding factor in, in American, the American legal system, and she believes that our Constitution is not a proper document. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chrisanne Hall Daily Journal. Today's Daily Journal uh, in part is about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and the counterculture that we need to create to defeat this effort by Hollywood, by the, by the radical femis- feminists to create this cult of worship for Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Now, Ruth Bader Ginsburg wrote a book in 1977 called Sex Bias in the U.S. Code, uh, or in the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights. And in this book, you can read it and see her radical philosophy. Now, she is a, is a proponent of the Equal Rights Amendment to be placed into the Constitution, which, by the way, uh, is not the role of the federal government. We've talked about this before. It is not the role of the federal government to end discrimination. It is not the role of the federal government to punish people for engaging in discrimination. It is the role of the federal government to to support and defend the Constitution, to be limited by the terms of the Constitution, and never being delegated this authority to be involved in our private business affairs. The federal government has no authority in this. You know, this is, this is one of the big, the big deals that we're missing out on here. These, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and the, the radical feminists and the people who are pushing this kind of agenda... They're not pushing this on the federal government. They're not pushing this on government entities. They are, uh, they are engaging in government activity to control private activity. This is, this is not the definition of commerce from the Commerce Clause. This is not how the government is supposed to, contr- I- I- the federal government is supposed to work. They have no authority to control private business. And so the whole purpose of this book is to show how the equal rights amendment which was proposed back then and she's an aggressive aggressive proponent for would change federal laws to make sex neutral to make them sex neutral and to eliminate sex discrimination discriminatory provisions. Now, Ruth Bader Ginsburg in her book has called for the sex integration of prisons and reformatories so that conditions of imprisonment, security and housing could be equal. In her book, page 101, she says, "If the grand design of such institutions prepare inmates for is to prepare inmates for return to community as persons equipped to benefit from and contribute to civil society, then the perpetration of single sex institutions should be rejected." So in Ruth Bader Ginsburg's little world, there are no men's prisons and women's prisons. There are only integrated prisons where men and women cohabitate in this institutionalized facility. I don't know if that sounds crazy to you, but it ought to sound crazy to you. It ought to sound ridiculous to you. What are we doing here? We're not supposed to be making prisons pleasant places to be where you live a normal and productive life. A prison is there to effectuate a punishment for committing a crime. You know what I think the problem here is, is number one, our prison terms do not match the crimes. People are in prison way too long for crimes that probably shouldn't even contain the the concept of long-term prison. Plus, you have institutionalized This new society, this second class citizenry, so that once you're a felon and you get out, the chances are you're going to come back. So what you have now are not systems, like she says, that are made to reform. You have systems that are perpetuating the second class citizenry where people who are convicted felons really have no opportunity to have a natural life on the outside. So here's my crazy idea of what Ruth Bader Ginsburg wants. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is trying to create a society, a ruled society inside the society. She wants the prisons to be a new form of plantation. Because once you now have integrated prisons, then people will be married, they'll have families there, they'll have lives there, they'll work there. What will be the point of them even leaving? I, I, I really believe this. On page 102 of her book, Ruth Bader Ginsburg called for reducing the age of consent for sexual acts to people who are less than 12 years old. See, this is, this is the agenda of the radical feminists. And this is something that we need to not promote. You can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris N. Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here. And I'm just, man, just uber excited to be here because we're working. We're working together to take back the education of our young people. We're going to be saving our daughters and our sons from this cultish personality worship of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and an ideology that is actually damaging to society. You see, this idea that that we should uh, reduce the age of consent for sexual acts to people who are less than 12 years old. Does that mean that an 8-year-old can consent to sexual activity? What, what is the point of that? What exactly is, is the mental preparedness the, the maturity of a 12-year-old, of, of a I think that's ridiculous, of a 12-year-old to be able to consent in an act of an adult nature like that. Seriously, I do not understand that. This is not about making society better. This is, and, and studies will show you, psychological studies will show you that this does not help young people. It's about perversion, That's what it's about. And I'm not talking about, uh, you know, I mean, this is not a a hyper-religious thing. This is a psychological thing. This is something we have to protect our children from. On page 98, Ruth Bader Ginsburg wrote that the MAN Act, which punishes those engaged in interstate sex traffic of women and girls, is offensive and such acts should be considered within the zone of privacy. I want you to hear that. So she says that uh, state governments that want to outlaw sexual trafficking of women and girls ought to be left alone by government and to be considered private business. But, she wants the federal government to dictate ideological policies on parents, on private business owners, about how they run their business and raise their children. Does anybody see how, how double-minded this is? How incongruent this is? This is the insanity of this this radical feminist ideology. They have no standard for themselves other than whatever floats their boat for the day. And it's all about creating a government-forced society. It's all about statism. It's all about bringing people under the thumb of whoever is in power. And here's the crazy thing. When you when you deal with these situations, when you deal with 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 stuff where you have the government dictating ideologies, based on, and, and, and worst of all, through the court system, based on the popular ideology of the day, you have a serious situation where you are no longer engaging in that freedom that Ruth Bader Ginsburg so was so attached to in her movie. And you get this, this new government where the only thing you can say, the only thing you can do are the things that are promoted and accepted by those in power. The, the irony of this is, Ruth Bader Ginsburg today would argue to you right now that the reason we needed these laws was that because in a prior day, the people in power wanted to keep women out of power. I'm not going to argue that that's not true. But she's going to argue that's why we need these laws, because the people who were in power were wanting to keep women out of power. So now we need to make the people in power today create laws to force a new ideology and then tomorrow, when someone else is in power, we've created a precedent that government can enforce ideologies by law on private homes and private businesses, not just simply by quote-unquote law, but by, through the punishment of those laws. That's why government has to stay out of the ideological business, especially especially, and specifically, the federal government. Because you know as well as I do, just by looking at the last 10 years, for Pete's sakes, that ideologies change with every new administration. And the precedent that we establish in this current administration will be the standard of Operation for the next administration. And you have to know, history proves this to be true, that our administrations have not improved over the years. Our administrations and their ideologies have not gravitated towards more liberty. Our administrations have only gravitated consistently towards one thing, More power. More power concentrated in the federal government. We've had reprieves. We've had moments within administrations. We've had administrations that have done good things over here, but then still maintained the status quo over here, or maybe even maintained the bad things as well. We've never had an administration in the last 60 years that has turned back the clock consistently towards liberty. We never have, not in 60 plus years. We may have had a president who's done something good. We may have had a Congress who've made headway. But it's always been then the next administration actually comes back and will compensate for that, will undo that. Ironically, we don't even we don't even see this in the media. Ironically, the Barack Obama administration was trying to move the uh, Department of Justice in a direction of pro-property ownership in in a very small quadrant, mind you, in a very small quadrant, but nonetheless. We're talking about movements within administrations. We have this administration in the Barack Obama administration trying to move property rights back into a liberty privacy direction, trying to scale back, um, scale, scale back the civil asset forfeiture, scale back the stealing of property through federal, f- federal exercise of force and law. One good thing you can say Barack Obama administration tried to do. Yet when the Trump administration came online under the hand of Jeff Sessions, Jeff Sessions made the public announcement that he would counter what Barack Obama was trying to do in the reduction of civil asset forfeiture. He said he was not only going to reinstate the prior standards, but increase the enforcement and the uh, confiscation of private property through these civil asset forfeitures. Now, that's just one example. Just one example. So you have to know, when you have this kind of ideology, this kind of ideology that says, hey, what I believe is the only right thing to believe and I'm going to have the government force that belief on you. That is a new standard being set. Now, in uh, 2018, August 22, 2018, there's an article in the Washington Post titled, Harsh New Anti-Protest Laws Restrict Freedom of Speech Advocates Say. This is the direct result of the kind of ideology that leads these radical feminists to create these laws. They're in the same, same basket of the, of the radical liberals who want to use the force of government, to want to use the courts to control people, what they learn, what they say, what they do, how they make their cakes and their businesses, how they take their pictures, how they live their lives. Now remember, ironically, they want you out of their bedrooms, but they want to be in your businesses, right? So here we now have a trend where over 31 states in America have proposed, some of them even passed, and even federal laws are on the, uh, uh, not on the books, but in the works, that's the word I was looking for, in the works, to make Speech in the form of protest illegal if it contradicts a public goal, even against the private business. These laws um, make protesters who protest things that the government wants to get done to be classified. These protesters to be classified as domestic terrorists. It's, a lot of them are, are specifically lined up with this this effort of eminent domain. Now, there's, there's something in here that I find really, really, really disturbing. And I'm going to probably bring this article back up when JC rejoins us because this is something that I want to get his feedback on as well. But uh, we, we now have a situation where... Law, government agency officers are being hired while off duty to work with private organizations to, for security purposes. Sure, no big deal. But these people who are working in private, who are being hired in their off time, in, by private businesses to do security, are still working in their government uniforms, exercising an assumed authority in the private realm to make the same kind of arrests that they would be making in their public duties. They're they're not public anymore. They're not government agents if they're being paid by private industry. And yet they're wearing their government uniforms and making arrests under the authority of government while proposing, while feigning to be private in their activities. And this is how this protest thing works. And it's all about keeping Americans safe from terrorists. Do you see how this has now been expanded to eliminate our freedom of speech against government transgressions? The Chris Henhall Show. Welcome back to the Chrisanne Hall Daily Journal. This is our last segment. Sorry to see you guys go, (laughs) but we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, And according to this Washington Post articles that... um, Dozens of bills and executive orders that aim to restrict high-profile protests have been introduced in at least 31 states and the federal government since November of 2016. Fifteen have been enacted according to the International Center for Nonprofit Law, including critical infrastructure pipeline bills signed in Oklahoma and similar other bills in Louisiana and Iowa. Some of the laws would expand definitions of rioting and terror. Terrorism, and would even increase penalties for blocking traffic. Now, your personal opinions about uh, pipelines aside, what this means is that when private citizens protest private companies taking private land, then now what they're doing is creating a criminal offense. You're no longer allowed to protest this. It's a criminal offense because guess what? The government has, has uh, given these private companies a quasi-governmental status to take people's land under eminent domain. Remember Kilo? Remember Kilo versus City of New London where Justice Scalia... Agreed, that eminent domain would pro- would would apply to private businesses, private corporations taking private land, if the governments can justify a tax revenue of one dollar. Yep, no, I'm serious, just one dollar. Because of that Supreme Court opinion, our federal government has delegated authority. Not just simply to U.S. companies, but to foreign companies, the trans-Canadian pipeline, to take private property through eminent domain. And you have people protesting this, and now, in order to have this pipeline go through rolling through the lands of the people where the lands are not being taken uh, voluntarily. People are not voluntarily selling their land. They're being taken by eminent domain. And when the people stand up against this kind of, of overreach, this is, this is a land grab. This is complete and total theft. The government has created a law that makes it illegal to stand and protest the government's cooperation with corporations, even foreign corporations, to steal your land. This is this is the legacy of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. This is the legacy of, of radical anti-constitutionalists like her who believe that the Constitution is this living, breathing document that doesn't mean what it actually says, that it doesn't even mean what the people who wrote it meant it to mean. It means what radical uh, ideologues want it to mean to serve their purpose even if their purpose is to destroy your family, to destroy your life, to destroy your private property rights. This is the legacy of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and this is the reality that we are living in today because of activist judges like her our founders would have are shaking their heads at us and she is the very definition of bad behavior we wrote that bad behavior clause in there so that you could get rid of people exactly like her why are you not only tolerating this judicial activism which works contrary to the principles of our Constitution? Why are you. Why, why does she even have a job? When Ruth Bader Ginsburg sat before the Egyptian press on worldwide media news and declared that the Constitution was an unfit document. Guess what? 30 seconds later, they should have drawn up her her impeachment and she should have been removed from the bench. But instead, Hollywood and the political oligarchs are going to turn her into a hero if we let them. Liberty first is what the activity needs to be in America. God bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow.